All right. For those that don't know who Kevin Garrett is, Kevin has been with us as and part of our church since 2006, 2007-ish, 2004, around there, a long time ago, many, many, many years ago. Uh, Kevin and Julia have been missionaries with us, uh, primarily on the border of countries all the time, uh, and so. Kevin has been serving in the, on the Chinese-North Korea border, uh, and then he was arrested in 2014, uh, spent two years in prison in China, uh, and then as he got released, he came back, they wrote a book, and that book is actually available if you're interested to hear that story. Uh, Kevin does have a couple books for sale today uh, that he's brought with him. Uh, and then now they have reestablished their ministry as nation to nation, uh, and that is working on the border of Thailand and Myanmar. And so uh, we've sent some um, many people in this church have already gone and, and been with uh, Kevin and Julia out on the border there. Uh, but Kevin is back, and every time he's back, I make him preach uh, just because I can. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but if you want more information and you want to be able to support Kevin and Julia's ministry with Nation to Nation, please, uh, we have some, some of their, their, their cards and connect cards that you could connect with them. Uh, there's more information on their website and how you could support, how you could give, how you could get involved in that, their ministry. Uh, and so, yeah, I'm going to bring Kevin on up and he's going to bring the message today. And thank you. Yeah. Well, it's great to be back here at Five Stones, and I'm sorry Julia can't be here, but somebody has to work, so. Um, <clears throat> and you're probably wondering about the hat, right? Yes. I'm not going to tell you yet, okay? <laughs> but I'll tell you later. I'll tell you later. You'll see. So it's, uh, and I have a test for you, especially those who, who don't know us. How many children do we have? You can't answer, Julian. Four. Four, okay. How many grandchildren? Fail. Okay. <laughs> Four. In how many countries do they live? Three. Three. Okay. Okay. Now here's the hard one. How many days was I in prison? Wrong. That would be way too long. 775. <laughs> but close, but no cigar for you. Sorry. Uh, thank you for praying for us and continuing to uh, lift us up and really and partnering with us. You know, we, we could not do what we're doing without your partnership and without your prayers. You know, we, were, we had fully intended to be in Myanmar, which is formerly what? Burma. Burma, right. You guys are good. You've studied. But, you know, God put us on the border in a place called Mesot, and a few of you have been there. Who's been there? Stand up. Why don't you stand up if you've been there? Jillian, Kezia, Eileen, Ruth, and uh, Eugene, Dave, and Lily's not here. Oh, she's downstairs, but she's probably standing too. Okay. Where's Jess? Ah, oh, sorry. Yes. Jess. Thank you. Thank you. And there's more to come, right? Yes. Uh, there's a strong possibility, maybe more than that, that Liz and a group are coming. Yes. Yes. Next year. Pretty soon we're just going to move five stones over there. Is that okay? Might be good. But uh, we're thrilled to partner with you guys and be part of this church and to be here for all these years. We, uh, 
first came in, I think it was, I'm trying to think when it was. I don't know. Anyways, we came in January and we left in September and then we lived on the border with China and North Korea for a few years and then we got arrested and all that fun stuff. Anyways, let's move on, okay? Recognize that? Yes. What is it? That's why the hat, okay? We, we recognize these things so quickly, right? We recognize these logos, we recognize these even sayings, you know, just do it. You know, if anyone says just do it, I think we probably almost all automatically think of Nike, right? And there's lots of other things and uh, little jingles or different things that you think of and they drive you crazy sometimes, don't they? That old McDonald's one, do you know it? No, no, that's too recent. I'm thinking older. To all beef patty, no. <laughs> that's really old, that's really old. Drives me crazy when I think of it, so I don't want to think about it. But just do it is really memorable, right? Because I think we've, we don't think of it just as a Nike thing, we, we actually use it. Parents use it with their kids. Just do it, clean up your room, right? Well, it's maybe not quite the same, but it's similar, okay? So, but uh, where did this come from? Oh, I want to tell you it's biblical too. Okay, so we'll explain that in a second. But where did this saying actually come from? Okay, came around in 1988, and we get uh, these guys are sitting together, these advertising guys, and they come up with this idea of just do it. And they got the little swoosh thing. I think I could take this off now. Am I allowed to wear hats in church? No, okay, I don't want to. Anyways, um, they come up with this idea, a little swoosh, and when they did that, their sales rose almost 50% to $9.2 billion. That's incredible, just a little saying, three words and a little mark, and their sales increased to nearly $10 billion. Quite amazing. But where did it really come from? Anybody have an idea where this actual saying came from? Military. No. <laughs> came from a guy named Gary Gilmore, and it was a, he was about to be executed, obviously in the US, by firing squad. Yeah, he was a murderer, and uh, before they were going to shoot him, he said, let's do it. Not really the best, you know, meaning or the background to this, is it, really? But he just had this idea, let's just, just do it. Like, just shoot me. I don't think, I don't think you guys would ever say that, but um, hope you don't, anyways. But I had this, I was thinking about that. I was thinking, what if we all just did what Jesus told us to do? What if we did? Okay? What if we all tithe? I'm not saying you don't tithe, I don't know. But what if we all did? Okay? What if everyone served? Okay? What if everyone was an evangelist or did something along those lines? Okay? What if everyone did a short term missions trip? Or long term? Long term is okay too. What if everyone just followed what Jesus has already told us to do? Okay. What if we just did it? Okay. Some years ago, there was that uh, WWJD little bracelets. What does it stand for? What would Jesus do? Well, I kind of think he would just do it. He would just do what he told us to do, right? Because he did what his father told him to do. And so I want to explore this a little bit today. And... Um, but we have to ask the question, what does Jesus tell us to do? Right? We have to look at that. And 
Sorry, I went the wrong way. There we go. Just do what is in the Bible. Be doers of the word. Okay? It's kind of like just do it, right? And not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intensely at his natural face in a mirror. For he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he was like. Do you ever do that? Forget what you look like? I don't usually, but... But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer or, forget, or who forgets, but a doer who acts, will be blessed in his doing. Mm. But what does Jesus tell us to do? Okay. You have to read the whole Bible to figure that out, right? Because there's lots of things that God tells us to do. But what if we all did what Jesus told us to do? None of us are perfect, I know that. But what if, but if we did even a little bit more than we're doing now. If we just weren't afraid to do things, because we're all afraid to do certain things, right? Yeah, we are. I think healing would become normal. The kingdom of God would come, right? Kindness, hospitality, prayer becomes the norm, not the exception. I want to share a bit of what we're doing on the border, and I will explain some, talk just to you about some people who are just doing it. They're just doing what Jesus told them to do. Care for orphans and widows. Feed the hungry. I just want to talk about that for a minute. So take a look at this. No, look, at, look at these words first. If your enemy is hungry, what do we do? Jesus says, feed them. Got any enemies? You don't have to answer. Okay? But you do. Feed them. Okay? Look after orphans and widows in their distress. Not hard. You can find those around. Go into all the world. Oh, that's a hard one. Go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. What if we did? Okay. Jesus said, if anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Jesus just tells us again, just do it. Just follow him. Follow him and what he's asked us to do. A few more. I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. Somebody did it, right? Feed the hungry again. Help those in trouble. Then your light will shine out from the darkness and the darkness around you shall be bright as day. There's a benefit to doing it, to what Jesus told us to do. Huge benefits, okay? And again, James 1.22. Be doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving yourselves. If we're just hearing and not doing, we really are. We're deceiving ourselves, right? Okay. I have to tell you, it's not optional. We think it's optional, but it's not. It's not optional to do what Jesus told us to do. He's already told us. It says he's prepared good works for us to do. Okay? They're already there. They're already set up. They're already arranged for us. And all we need to do is do it, right? I want to tell you about some people that we work with and the amazing things that we get to see and get to partner with. And these people, to me, are amazing and they're, they're doing it. They're doing what God told them to do. We work with this lady, who's, she's a doctor, Dr. A. We've been helping her since last year. We helped her set up a little clinic and then that got bombed, unfortunately. This is inside Myanmar. And uh, she's been kind of on the run ever since. Recently, she fell and broke her leg. But then she sends a picture, you know, I'm still working. 
amazing. Like, I, I just think she can't stop. Let me tell you a bit of background why she won't stop. The military wants to imprison her, probably kill her. They arrested her parents and took her son. They put her parents in prison to entice her to give up. But she said, no, I'm not giving up what God's called me to do. And she inspires hope in people. And we keep supporting her as we can. She hides and she helps. I have no idea where this is and I don't want to know. But she just keeps serving because people need to be healed and to be saved. If she gave herself up, I'm sure, no doubt, that she would be killed by the military. Because they don't like it that she's helping people. Helping people who are injured and hurt. And really saving their lives physically and spiritually. We get to work with another guy. We call him Pastor Jay. Got introduced to him um, probably mid last year. And um, found out his wife died of COVID in 2021. He was left caring for 42 youth. So these are some of you who have been to this place. Uh, it's a couple hours up the border. And uh, his daughter was helping him in this place. But when we first arrived at the place, and some of you have seen it, very dilapidated building, uh, not enough food, not, no clean water. And uh, we decided, okay, we'll, we'll help. And sometimes what gets me is like, how can you say no? Like, I can't, I, it's hard for me to say no when I see these things. Really hard to say no. So we, we went up there the first time we took rice, we took food because we didn't know what to expect. And then we started a relationship there with this Pastor Jay. We installed a clean water system. Now we make monthly trips because it's a couple hours up the border. He's, his house is um, in a little village area. You go down the slope and you're at the river border. So he gets people crossing all the time. A little while ago, we started, a few months ago probably, we started talking about, well, it's getting a little cramped in this dorm where all the, the girls and the guys live, they're separate. And uh, somehow we have to find funds to rebuild and build this bigger. So I wasn't quite uh, prepared for what he wanted to do next, and I'll tell you about that in a second. But um, three months ago, we, were, we get this phone call. And uh, his daughter says, my dad's in hospital. We don't know what's wrong, it's really serious. So we make the long trip up there, the two-hour trip, first thing the next morning. And he's, he's in this ward. You see me praying for him there. And uh, it's an open ward. So there's about 18, maybe 20, 24 beds, I'm not sure, in this place. So his daughter leads us into the, the ward, and we get to pray for him. He's crying. He's really, he's really ill. And he said he hasn't slept for two days. He's got this pain in his head. And the doctors have no idea what it is, what's wrong with him. I kind of like the idea of praying in the open and people, everyone hearing. It's kind of good. Mm -hmm. So as we go in to pray for him, we probably spend, I don't know, 10, 20 minutes maybe praying for him. And then we, we, he's still crying. He's still you know, in great, great pain, excruciating pain. We go back out to talk to his, now his three daughters are there. And uh, we just talk to them. What can we do? You know, how can we help you? Because... It, you know, he's in terrible pain, have no idea what's going on. After we talk to them for a little bit, we go back into the ward to pray for him again. And he's sleeping. Because his healing had begun. They shortly after that diagnosed a parasite in his brain. But today, that's the picture of him sitting there 
healed and healthy and said, let's go. But then we started talking shortly before this or after this, I'm not sure when we started talking about it, we thought, but we need to expand this dorm because it's just not enough room. There's more kids coming. He's now actually up to 59, not 42. And um, I said to him, somehow we'll find the money. He took that as, we have the money in my pocket and we'll, <laughs> and I said, no, 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 we'll somehow find it. And then we, we leave and we, we go back and uh, we get a picture the next day, they've started tearing down the old dorm. <laughs> and, all, and I'm thinking, okay, God. <laughs> but what does James 2.26 say? As the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works or deeds is dead. He just put his faith, he said, yeah, it's going to happen. So he tore it down. No, no plan of where the kids are going to stay. Just tore it down. Fortunately, someone came along very shortly after that and said, we'll pay for that. The whole thing. Now there's other things going on, but uh, amazing, amazing that this opportunity happened. And now all these kids, we get to go up there once a month. Many of you have been there. And uh, we get to spend an afternoon with the kids. And it's just, it's games, it's um, activities, and it's, it's Jesus. It's the Bible, right? And um, it's tremendous. We get this opportunity to do this every month. And, uh, you know, God had a plan. When we first got introduced to this area, if, again, two hours north, we, we didn't know anything else. We just knew we would go up there probably, we decide, once a month. Then we get a call from what's called the Pomojo, which means the welfare department for that area. It's Meusu, in case you want to look it up. You won't find it, but... Um, and they said, we have some families here who need some help. And so, okay, so we made this little trip. And you saw in the video uh, uh, two of our staff with this lady who was very, very thin and a guy lying in a hospital bed. And they said, can you help them? Says, we can't. So this is the welfare department. What they do is help poor people. These people, they could not help. Partially, it's because they have no ID. They have no papers to be in the country but they're allowed to be in the country. So what's happened is they've started introducing us to families. Now it's six different families that we're helping. And uh, one of the families is, uh, has 10 kids. Anybody here have 10 children? We have four, but okay. Anyways, we get there and we didn't know what to expect. The man of the house has lost one leg in the conflict. And um, he's trying to, he has no ID, no paper, so it means he can't work. And Well, physically, he can't work either. He had this very rough wooden leg put on him. And um, the government said, now this is the government, Thai government saying, can you help them? So we said yes. Again, how can you say no? Right? You see these things, and you just have to do something. The second time we went up there, we took a Bible and a children's Bible because we found out he's a Christian. And so we said, but all his children are illiterate, including, and his wife is as well. And they said, well, you read the Bible and you read this children's storybook to them. And we thought that was good. And then what we did was last month, uh, April 11th, actually, we took a, basically a speaker with an SD card in it, loaded the Bible on it, and then we gave it to them. And we gave it to actually all the families we were working with. And at first I thought we should, you know, put headphones so they can just listen to it, right? For whatever reason, God decided none of the headphones would work. Not one. So the whole village gets to listen. That's all. 
which I think is okay. I don't, I don't think that's a problem. But when we went up there on, this is uh, April 11th, you see the, the daughter sitting there kind of wrapped in a blanket. You have to remember it's a little warmer than here. 40 Celsius. <laughs> Just a little warmer. So it is actually cold here, John. Okay. <laughs> And she's wrapped in a blanket. She's actually lying on the, on the floor here. And then the mother pipes up and says, she's been filled with an evil spirit. And I think, okay. And uh, so we talk about that for a little while. Talk about what it means. You know, what is the evil spirit? We talk about that. And then I said to the daughter, can we pray for you? She, then she sat up and she said, okay. Prayed for a little bit. And I said, how do you feel? She said, I saw a bright light. And now I feel better. Julia saw her last week, and she's just bouncy, bubbly, and just full of God. And sometimes it's just a prayer. It's just nothing fancy. I thought, why didn't I pray longer? Why didn't I pray more? Why didn't I do this? But God heard, and she was touched. And uh, now the welfare department is asking us, you know, they see us giving these Bibles, and they, they go around with us. They don't, they don't let us do this on our own. And they're asking, um, like, do you have a Thai Bible for us? So now we're getting Thai Bibles to the staff. And they keep inviting us back. So God is opening up incredible doors. Mm. I think sometimes we're afraid to do things, right? We're afraid to pray in an open ward. And I thought, well, they probably wouldn't understand anyway, so it doesn't matter. But then they saw him sleeping and healed after that. So the whole world, the ward heard. This whole family saw, believed that this daughter was filled with an evil spirit. And then they saw she's healed. And in this place, their place is not much bigger than what you see in the photo here. It's just, it's hardly a two-room bamboo shack, and there's 12 people who live in there. So if you're complaining about space in your apartment, don't. Or else we're putting 10 more people in there, okay? <laughs> But we get to work with these incredible families. And, um, and I just think, why are we afraid sometimes to speak, right? Why are we afraid to pray for the sick? Why are we afraid to do things, even in, especially in public, right? If it's you know, an open ward or on the street. Well, First Peter says, who is going to harm you if you're eager to do good? Who? I mean, this is God speaking, right? He's saying, who's going to harm you if you're... Going to, eager to do good. But even if you should suffer, it says, yeah, yeah, even if you do, you know, you, which you probably will. Uh, for what is right, you are blessed. Do not fear their threats. Do not be frightened. Right? Even if you're eager to do good, even if you should suffer, do it. I have a friend, he's, uh, and I'm not sure I would do this, but I actually did before. He, every Saturday, he goes down to Young and Dundas in Toronto. And this is the, the very main busy intersection down there. And he preaches on the corner. In the summer, he hands out water, even when it's cold. And uh, he's not afraid. He just, I'm sure people have ridiculed him. People have said things to him. But whenever he talks, he only talks about what God is doing, not what other people are saying. And I think, isn't that just the way to do it? Don't focus on the negative, but focus on what God is doing. I think God just keeps saying to, to me, anyways, just do it. You see a need, when it's in your ability to fulfill it, do it. Just do it. When there's a time for, somebody wants prayer, just do it. 
when there's an opportunity for service, just do it. Right? We had this girl we met a number of months ago. Actually, we met her last year. Her name is Sarah. We'd known her for quite a while. We'd known her in a couple of different schools, actually. And um, found out at one point she was going to be, uh, how do I say it? She was going to be given, not quite sold, but kind of given to an older man. She was only 15 years old because the family couldn't afford her. They already had five kids, so they were going to give her away to get some money for a new house. Not really the best thing to do. Okay? Anyways, that was averted, and we moved on. And then we met her again at a different school. She just showed up at this other place. I thought, how did she get there? And uh, we found out through her teacher that uh, she was going to quit school and go to work in the, f in the fields with her parents because her parents actually needed a new house. They had to move house, not very far, and they needed a new roof. And uh, so we got wind of this, and we said through an intermediary, because we didn't want to go direct to the father, we said, what if we put the roof on your house? Would you let your daughter go to school? He said, yes. Amazing. Wild guess. This is another test. How much to put a roof on a house like this? This is the roof. That's, that's the house. How much? If you know, don't tell. 200 is way too much. $170. Put that roof on the house. But think, don't think of it as a roof on a house. Think of it as a girl who gets to go to school and have a life. Right? $170. How could we say no? How could we say no? We had other things happen. Just last month, April 5th, I uh, get a call. It's about close to 6 o'clock in the evening. And uh, I'm tired. It's a little warm. It's only 39 that day. And um, they said there's, a, there's people crossing the river because of fighting right across from us. And they're very close. So within 30 minutes. And just so you know, and some of you have experienced it, at night you'll often hear artillery or hear bombs going off and things like that. Not always, but sometimes we do. And um, so I get this phone call, and they said, there's 120 people who have come across the river to this school that we work with. It's called Nariata. And um, they said, can you be ready in 10 minutes? How could I say no? So I quickly grabbed 150 hy hygiene kits, thinking, OK, there might be a few more than 120. We quickly stopped and bought uh, 400 kilograms of rice. And it, I just see God's timing again. We got to the store as they were closing the door. And they said, okay. And they sold it to us. We get to this place, which is about 30 minutes from us. And um, already, within the hour, the number has gone up to 267. Within a few days, it was over 600 people. This is just in one location. Authorities put the number at well over 10,000 who fled across the river because of fighting that was right there. That's, the river is low right now because the rainy season is not here. We didn't have rain for five months. And so people crossing the river. And over the, the last month, we were able to supply 3,000 kilograms of rice because of partnership with people like you and churches like you. We were able to supply, in one day, we made 2,008 hygiene kits. Were you there, Jillian? You weren't there that day. At first, I thought, there's no way. Because we set the goal at 1,000. I said, I don't know if we could do 1,000. By lunchtime, we did 1,000. I said, OK, new goal, 2,000. So we did 2,000 in one day. 
And it was amazing, and it was needed. And we continue to respond. And I just, I love that we get to partner with you guys and so many other people in what God is doing on the border. We get to lug those 40 kilogram bags of rice. They are kind of heavy. But I love what John says, 437. One sows, another reaps. That's how it works, right? Or 1 Corinthians 3, 5, and 7. The Lord has assigned to each his task. I planted the seed, Apollos watered it, but God has been making it grow. So neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything, but only God who makes things grow. It's a partnership. That's how God works, right? He doesn't work with us in isolation. He works together. Sometimes you're praying and God's doing something on the border or somewhere else around the world. And it's amazing that we get to do that if we listen and if we just do it. When God says to do it, we have to do it. That's how the kingdom comes, right? It really is. Right now, we're a school we were working with is called Hoyfe. It's in Hoyfe Village. They had to move, pick up their school and move. So they're moved to a new location. So they were, we're helping them build a new school. Not fancy. You know, we, it'll be built within a... Well, they want to open it June 1st, so I don't know. This was taken a week or two ago. They'll probably get it done. But we promised them we'll, we'll put in the water system, we'll put in the toilets. Okay? A couple thousand dollars and that will be done. And then all these bunches of kids will get to go to school. These are all migrant children who have no ID or no way to go to school, to a regular school. So we get to partner with them. And in the summer camp we did, I think it was the beginning of April we did that. And um, all these kids come and we get to share Jesus with them through our staff because we don't speak Korean or Thai right now. And I just thought, how amazing is that? That we get these open doors to share Jesus with people. It really is, to me, it's just an amazing thing. A little bit easier than China. Slightly easier than prison. And... Um, just a little bit warmer, that's all. A little bit warmer. That's why I'm here. It's the hot season right now, so I'll wait before I go back. Ask the question again to yourself. What if I just did it? What if I just did what Jesus has already told us to do? There's, there's nothing new, right? It's all there, right? Pray, help, give, go. What if we did? If we don't, ask the question, what am I afraid of? Afraid I won't have enough money? Afraid I'll get sick? Afraid it's too hot? Yeah, it might be. That's okay. Sometimes there's air conditioning. We just, I think we just need to do things without worries, without concerns, don't entertain worries. No second guessing. But if I do that, I, no. Jesus said, do it. And you have to remember, it's not optional. We think it's optional. It's not. It really isn't optional. So are you ready to do whatever Jesus tells you to do? I hear silence. Hmm. <laughs> and he's only asking you to do what he's already prepared for you to do. Right? It's nothing scary. It's nothing... They'll cause you trouble. Well, it might cause a bit of trouble, but it's worth it. It really is worth it. I encourage you tonight, tomorrow, whenever you're reading your Bible and praying, 
do a brave thing and said, say to him, say to Jesus, am I doing all you want me to do? Ask him that question. Mm -hmm. And this is not out of guilt. It's just about being obedient, right? It's about what God has already asked you to do. If you're really brave, and I think you are, just say to Jesus, I want to be obedient. I'm willing to do and go wherever you ask me to go. I'm not going to ask for a show of hands. I'm just going to say, you just do that. Whatever he asks, right? I know he'll answer that. But I have to say, I know this for a fact. It will cost you. Okay. It will cost. Mark 10.21 says, One thing you lack, he said to the rich young ruler, Go and sell all your, you possess and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven, and come follow me. That was hard. Give it all up? Jesus didn't think it was a problem. He just says, follow me. Right? Where would you rather have your treasure? The bank or heaven? Just remember, and not everyone realizes this, you can't take it with you. Okay? Can't. It's proven. Okay? Following Jesus is so worth it. So, so worth it. I think we all want to hear those words one day. Well done, right? We want to hear those words. Matthew 25, 21 says it. Well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with a few things. I'll put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Just do it, right? I'm not telling you what to do. It's already in the Bible, right? It's pretty simple. God didn't make it complicated. He just said, do it. Let's pray. Lord, I ask you to come to each of us today. You know us by name. You created us. You de designed us to thrive and to do good works that you've already prepared for us to do. Come to those who are saying right now, Jesus, I want to follow you and do whatever you ask me to do. Lord, I've often done life without you, without following you, but today I choose to place my life in your hands again. Forgive me for the things I've done that I've grieved Grieved you and heal my heart. Meet each of us here today, Lord. We all want to hear the words one day, well done. Help us to take another step of faith today and ask for your help to pray, to help, to give, or go. You are faithful and gentle, Lord, and your steadfast love never, ever fails. You, Jesus, are the only one who gives us life. So, Lord, we leave today, and we just want to do it. Amen. Sometimes when we're, we're, we're faced with the challenge, when Kevin introduced this challenge, just do it. This is something that Jesus called us to do. But sometimes it takes a level of courage, a level of faith for us to step into that place of saying, hey, Jesus, yes, I will do it. It requires us to, to, to really understand the God that we're following, the Father that we're following. One of the things that I know is true is that sometimes we have to do it before we understand. We have to come to that place of just, okay, right now, God, I don't know why you're calling me to do this, 
But when we step out in obedience and just say, I'm going to do it because you've called me to do it, then understanding will come to it. Then growth will come out of it. Then the ability to see what Jesus is doing far exceeds our own expectations. And sometimes that's what we need because we have an expectation. We hold on to something of, this is my idea of what God has called us to do. But Jesus is like, no, I have something that is bigger than what you know. So just do it first and I'll bring in, I'll bring in more understanding. I'll bring in more of what I have for you. I'll bring clarity into those places. And so, yes, the command is simple, but yet it's so complex. So, church, the challenge is before you. Before you. It is both a command, but it's also an invitation. An invitation of a life with Jesus. So, how are you going to take on that challenge? Maybe it's to go on a trip with nation to nation. Maybe it's to see what they're doing and give to some of the causes. I want to invite you to to check out what nation to nation is doing. But this goes beyond just what Kevin and Julia is doing. This is what the church should be doing all the time. This is a command for the church. This is a command for you as disciples and followers of Jesus. This is for us, Five Stones. So how are you going to respond to it? Let's pray. Father God, we thank you. Just for your grace, your mercy, and compassion. That we could lean into those things. We could lean into your love. We could lean into your hope and lean into your joy. That in those places that we get to hear your voice speak in those places we get to hear what you have called us to do and Lord I just pray that as a church we're able to walk it out together so Lord may you continue to work in the lives of your church let us be an extension of Jesus let us be an extension of your hand in this world so Lord we thank you for all that you're doing and we pray that all that we do brings glory to who you are. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.